Hello everyone and welcome to season 12 of Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. I'm Rainy Rosemont and I'm a dairy educator based in Berks County, Pennsylvania. Joining us today are two people. The first is named Jonas Fisher and he's a farmer in Lancaster County. And the second is John Tyson, an ag engineer with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. Thanks for being with us today, Jonas and John. Before we get started, I was hoping that both of y'all could take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Jonas, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yes, hello. Uh, yes, I'm Jonas Fisher. Uh, heavy, I'm in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, uh, on a family farm here that I was born and raised on. Uh, we have uh, 46 tie stalls. Uh, farm consists of 72 acres. Also, rent an additional 40 acres. Uh, it's a family farm, no outside employees. Uh, my wife and I have five boys and two girls, at, uh, and that's that's our workforce. So, John, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a agricultural engineering uh, extension agent here in Mifflin County, central part of the state. I've been with Penn State now over 25 years, uh, working dairy housing, uh, but part of that is also farm safety. So thanks for letting us get to know a little bit about you and, and what both of y'all do. And John just touched on it a little bit about why he's here specializing in ag safety. Our topic today is going to be ag safety, but even more specifically than that, we're going to be talking about manure gas safety. So if both of y'all are ready, Jonas, I, I think we'll start with you. You know, we've worked together in the past a little bit and during this time, you told me about an incident that you had when you were pumping your manure pit. And I was just hoping you could tell us a little bit about this situation and sort of walk us through what had happened. Okay. Uh, the manure storage at the dairy barn uh, consists of about four to five weeks of manure storage. And I have a satellite pit. So every month or five weeks or so, I need to pump that uh, into the other pit. And this incident happened in, uh, I think it was 2017. Uh, it was a July afternoon or evening, actually, probably about 6.30, 7 o'clock. It was one of those days. It was probably 90 degrees, humid, no air. And I've yeah, I've, me being aware of the situation I had is probably what really saved me. But I do use gypsum bedding, and I'm totally aware that that creates, can create more gas hazard in the pit. So, but I guess being farmers as we are, we get busy, we we get pushed in schedule. You know, the pit was all but full. Actually, it was full. It needed to be pumped. So I put the pump in, I pumped about 16 inches to two foot of manure out of the pit so I could agitate. And once I had done that, I put it into agitate mode and I was standing right there at the pump, which to the back of me was the barn wall. In front of me was the PTO, to the left was the tractor and to the right was the manure pit. And I was standing there running the agitator. And uh, while being aware that gases can be an issue there in the pit is probably what is definitely what helped me. Uh, I think I felt like a tightness. I there was also I could smell, but that wasn't necessarily what triggered me as much as I felt like there was something not right. And I left the area very quick. And 
obviously my only way out of there was over the PTO, which was properly shielded. But I, yeah, I mean, as the best way to explain it, I took it out of there like a rabbit. I mean, I took off. I knew, I knew something wasn't right. And I made it about probably about 75 feet from the, away from the pit. Uh, my lights went out without any warning. I, yeah, I woke up, I was laying flat on my back on the driveway. Don't know how long I was out, um, but it was way too close. Uh, reading up on, reading up on that, as far as what I actually experienced, I now know I got extremely lucky because basically what I was dealing with, one breath will knock you out and the second breath will take your life. Um, what I did wrong that night, I know what I did wrong. I was aware that I had an issue and I was busy and hadn't had should have pumped it a day or so before. So it wouldn't, it wasn't running over, but it was full. It had to be done. But the biggest mistake I made was the weather conditions, humid, hot, no wind, and everything that was there was just going to hang there. I mean, basically what my remedy to that is, I positively will not do that unless we have a good breeze blowing. And even then, you know, it's, 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 it's fine. If I have a north, northwest wind, like it's not hard to get here in Lancaster County, um, I have no issues at all. But uh, that was my biggest mistake was the weather conditions. And like I said, me being aware that potentially be an issue is definitely what I think has saved me. But also on top of that is, you know, I have children here on the farm and I'm always a very much a stickler if I'm doing anything there in a pit, stirring, stirring manure or hauling. Nobody's to be near uh, for that for that reason, obviously. So yeah, it was a it was a well, it was a, it turned out to a good experience. It could have been a, a very bad one. I mean, I don't still don't necessarily it was good, but it was a a a hard learned lesson really. And thank God I I was able to get a walk away from it without any lingering effects. I was concerned that I would have lung issues or would have some kind of effects of, you know, from, from obviously having been gassed. Uh, but I can say I had no effects other than, well, a headache from basically hitting the blacktop. I had an egg in the back of my head from doing that, but otherwise I was fine. So yeah, it was, uh, I just, you know, plead with anybody that, and, and outside of, yeah, obviously I use gypsum, and that makes it worse, but that does there's there's no, absolutely no pit that's exempted from gas and that in that situation, hot, humid weather, you know, heavy air and no wind, uh, it doesn't matter what you bed with, you could get caught. So I think that's what I have for now. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Jonas. I mean, we're really Given the risk and the situation you were in, we're, we're certainly glad you're healthy and that you were able to join us today. And definitely good to hear that there was no lingering long-term effects on your health. And, you know, I was going to ask if, if you had changed anything within your farm or within your management, and it definitely sounds like you've taken further precautions with, you know, trying to pump earlier and, and in a more timely manner and definitely having the weather be right is is some things you've implemented to help prevent this in the future. So that's, that's good to hear. Like I said earlier, we're really glad you're healthy and really glad you were able to join us today. 
I'm going to transition a little to John just to talk to him about some further safety precautions and protocols to put in place. John, you, you just heard about a very high risk situation involving particularly gypsum bedding and manure pit safety, but also PTO safety. And I would just before we get started, are you ready to elaborate on some measures farmers can put in place to keep themselves and their loved ones safe? I can try. Okay. So before we get started, can you discuss any general risk associated with manure agitation and and why manure gas is such a concern? Well, I think Jonas's example kind of drives home all the reasons we talk about agitation being a risk. Um, There are several manure gases that are a danger, the biggest one being hydrogen sulfide. Um, And that comes with gypsum bedding, but as Jonas alluded to, it's in all manure. Um, And it's by far the most deadly of them. Others are uh, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, um, ammonia, methane. And while they can be dangerous, they are not near as lethal as the hydrogen sulfide. Um, So that And it usually happens at agitation. That's when the risk is there. When we agitate, we break up that crust. Those gases, because the manure gas is heavier than air, it's actually captured within the manure itself. It's in that structure. So when you agitate it, that kind of releases it to the atmosphere. And then depending on concentration and exposure, what's going to happen? So that's why agitation, the gas is worse at agitation than any other time. the PTO safety, uh, Jonas said it is it is guarded, it is shielded, and that's great. Um, you know, that's one of the first things I remind farmers of that there are reasons we put shields on on PTO shafts, on drive drive chains um, to keep us and other folks, children, animals, whatever, out of of harm's way. So having those in place is you know kind of the best step we can take. Um, you know, do we recommend going over top of a PTO shaft? No, but when you weigh out what Jonas was up against, that was probably his best bet. Best bet. He was either going to stay there or or leave. So he took the risk and and made the escape. Glad to hear it, it all worked out in the end. Um, so you know, I think that brings up another point of having an escape route or having some way to get away. You know, not only from manure safety gases, but we talk about that a lot in animal safety when handling animals. Um, you never put yourself in a situation with handling animals where you don't have an escape route. Um, so maybe the manure gas is another example of having a way to get away. Um, you know, set the equipment up so you can operate it from a, a location that you can easily get out of there without putting yourself in danger. So. so we we talk about gypsum bedding and we've mentioned it a couple of times and how it increases risk. Can you kind of give us the lowdown about why this increases risk so much? Yeah, try not to get get off in the weeds as the chemistry too much, but basically hydrogen sulfide is what the gas is, the danger. Um, gypsum, because of its chemical makeup, it brings more sulfur to the equation. So when we go through the chemical analysis, that that's where the sulfur is being supplied for making hydrogen sulfide, the hydrogen coming from you know, the water, the manure, whatever else. So anything that has higher sulfur to it will add more risk to that given manure, gypsum being one of them. Other things that can add to hydrogen sulfide issues are feeds. If you're feeding something that's high in sulfur, like distiller's grains, um, 
Some other feeds may be high in, in sulfur. Or if your water source on the farm is a high sulfur well, I uh, don't know how much high sulfur wells you have there in Lancaster County where you guys are. Other parts of Pennsylvania do have sulfur wells or have higher concentrations than, than uh, uh, some parts of the state. That sulfur will basically just go through the cow it doesn't affect her at least in minor amounts um, but it does supply more sulfur ultimately in the equation to hydrogen sulfide um, the other risk for hydrogen sulfide is as Jonas said he he wasn't so much the smell it was his awareness of it but hydrogen sulfide has a a bad thing of it will deaden your the nerve so you'll smell it for a little brief moment and then you don't smell it anymore. And it can put you in a complacency of, oh, it must have just been a whiff of gas and it went away. Well, actually what happened was your nerves in your nose have been deadened to it and you no longer smell it. Um, it it's so potent that it actually, you know, become nose blind to it. Uh, so you could be standing in a plume of hydrogen sulfide and not even know it because your nose has quit detecting it. So we, we talk about sulfur sources and, and feeds and water being some of them. If you know you're on a farm with high, high sulfur output from the cows, whether it's bedding, whether it's feed, whether it's water, are there any additional safety protocols that could be put in place for manure pit agitation just to make sure that this is even less of a risk? I think Jonas hit on many of them. The biggest one to me is is the awareness. You know, as the farmer being aware of it, if you're using a custom hauler, you know, there's a, a neighbor coming in or a custom hauler coming in, make them aware that there is a higher risk. Uh, that's not to say that it's been, it's there, but at least they're aware of it. Um, and situations from a safety standpoint of increasing ventilation, uh, doing it on a day when there is a stiff breeze or artificially adding fan power to and fresh air to dilute those down. If it's a more confined space and we have to set up some fans to blow some air through that space and dilute it down. Um, the other is that if you, you know, one step further would be to use some type of monitoring equipment. There are monitors out there that can detect hydrogen sulfide and at a certain level will give an audible alarm that basically means, you know, hey, there's a danger here, remove, you know, get, get you out of there and then come up with plan B as to what we're going to do to, to solve that. So being aware of it is probably the biggest safety factor, being conscious of there could, it could be there being aware of it. Then the solution is to add more air, fresh air and dilute it down, remove it. It's heavier than air. Um, so it will drift downstream. It will go from, if the manure pit is at a high site, it will drift down towards, you know, if there happens to be a farmstead or calf, calf barn or something below the manure storage, the hydrogen sulfide will kind of follow the contour and roll down. And we've seen that in the past where other animals away from the manure storage have been affected because the gas will kind of just flow as if as if you were running water down you know where does the water run when it rains that's where the manure gas is going to flow when it escapes the pit so we've we've talked about you know manure gas safety quite a bit but that that wasn't even really the entirety of jonas's story he also had to jump over the pto and we brought up shielding and, and guarding the pto is there anything else besides those options for PTO safety when it's running? 
stay out of the way. Uh, that's what the shields are there for. Uh, but I think the highlight is keeping shields in place. He mentioned there was a shield and that it did its job as he went over it, whether he touched it or not. The, the whole per point of the shield is to make it to a safe point where you could actually grab a hold of that plastic and it would continue to rotate so it did its job so i think the highlight really is just keep shields in place keep them functioning um and they serve their purpose um other than simply avoid them so we talked about um you know jonas said he he didn't have any long-term health effects and we're all very very glad to hear that but and we're, we're talking about safety and prevention, but regardless of those, accidents can still happen. Um, you can be as prepared as possible. So are there any any medical precautions after an incident with manure gas that a farmer should take? I guess the only medical precaution I would say is it wouldn't hurt to vi visit with a family doctor if you've been exposed just to get a checkup. Um, glad to hear that Jonas had no long-term effects, but it is possible that if you were in there long enough or had low enough exposure for a long enough term, you could you could have long-term damage to the lung tissue and those things. Um, so it never hurts to have uh, you know a checkup with the doctor once the the initial events over. Um, you know, I, I'm not not being a medical person. I'm not going to say what could happen, but um, it wouldn't hurt to have a check. A, a checkup. Hydrogen sulfide doesn't have a history of having some of the same effects as other gases like silo gas, but mm -hmm. it wouldn't hurt. I mean, those were all the questions I had for both of y'all today, and, and I really appreciate you joining us. Jonas, I'm going to start with you again. If you have any takeaway messages that you'd like to share with our listeners. Well, we all know a farm is the second most dangerous job next to mining. And it's not a joke. It, it's not. I, mean, I I grew up on a farm. I have five boys, the youngest one being seven at the time. And you know, we can never we can never be careful enough. It's you know we've livestock. We have you know you know my my seven year old helps me milk. He's in there dipping cows behind the milkers. Um, he loves doing it. it it's but it's you know, farming is a very good place to raise a family, but it comes with its dangers. And we can just, you know, it's like you said, Rainy, we can, you know, we can, we can be as careful as possible and, you know, stuff can still happen. And we, that we don't want to accept that, but it is, it is the fact, you know, a farm is, it's a great lifestyle. It's, it's, it's a great place to raise a family, but it does come definitely come with its risk. And, you know, on, you know, we talked quite a bit on gas and obviously also PTO safety, you know, uh, back to that, you know, I did have another route out of there, but that was the long way out. And that was actually to circle the back of the pump, which would have been, you know, would have soon took me another, you know, several, well, seconds were critical at that point um but yes i mean it like i said there's there's so many things on a farm that you could just you could just look at and we as farmers and and back to why my incident happened we get we get um how would i say distracted we're we're here every day we do things every day and you know sometimes we we overlook things and so you know i know penn state's good at 
doing farm safety things, you know, community events here and there. And, you know, we all need to be occasionally need, need to be reminded. Uh, it, you, know, I, you know, Penn State has done a great job in, in having events like that over the years. So just keep up your good work. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to hear you enjoy some of them. John, do you have any takeaway messages? I think I would just give the message and I, it really iterates with me uh, what Jonas's story of don't be complacent. And he wasn't, um, you know, he was aware of what, what the dangers were um, and his awareness of the possibilities is what led him to get out of there quickly. And I think that's probably the best advice I can give on any safety environment. Go, you know, he's right. It's a dangerous thing, but if we, um, think about that and, you know, keep that uh, in your mind while you're doing the task, uh, you're aware of it. Complacency can usually winds up with bad stories. You've done it a hundred times, you've done it a thousand times, and this time it, it, it winds up getting you. So I always like to say that the probably the best protective equipment uh, safety, uh, personal protective equipment we have is uh, right between our right and our left ear, and that's our mind. And, you know, just being aware of the danger uh, can give you a, a, an advantage on it. So, I mean, thank you to both Jonas and John for talking with us today. And, and as always, thank you to our listeners. We're glad to have you tune in. If you have any further questions regarding this topic, feel free to reach out to me at rfr49 at psu.edu. And since this is the first episode of season 12, definitely join us next week to hear from Abby Spackman with AgroAbility. Thanks for listening, everyone.